Welcome to I Am 73 on Sower Radio. This is Joseph Borba coming to you straight out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. They call it the Sunshine State, home of the pro-family, pro-freedom, and pro-life, Ron DeSantis. Let's lift our hearts and minds in prayer to Jesus Christ, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Thanks and praise, glory, honor, and obedience to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We have accepted you into our lives, into our hearts, into our minds, into our souls as our King, our Lord, our Savior. We place no one and nothing above you, Lord. Jesus, we're praying right now for all those who have consecrated their lives to you as your 73rd disciple. Encourage them, Lord. Grant them the the love that they seek and the knowledge of your word that they seek. Guide them and encourage them in habits, virtues of the Spirit, of the fruits of the Spirit. Jesus, we're praying for an end to abortion. May anyone seeking an abortion today, through our prayer and your dunamis, your power, change their minds and let their children live. Jesus, we pray for an end to the war in Ukraine and an end to all wars. We're praying for our families, Lord, as we always do daily. Families throughout the world who are struggling with their finances, struggling to keep a job, put food on the table for their children, praying for those in hospitals, anyone suffering emotionally from depression, panic attacks, anxiety. Have mercy on them, Lord Jesus, through the power of your abundant love. Lord, we're always praying for our Muslim brothers and sisters, the Uyghurs, imprisoned and enslaved in China. May the atrocities that are occurring to the Uyghurs be known to the world by the courage of government leaders around the world to condemn this act of genocide. And Lord, as you know, we're always praying for the pobre. May your revelation in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, verse 2, the revelation that says, there's nothing that con- concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be known. Lord Jesus, let that word come true today, now around the world. Expose the secrets of the corrupt leaders and politicians who through their greed are stealing from the pobre. In your power, Lord, expose them. We ask this all in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Let's start with some Bible knowledge. And remember, Bible knowledge is Jesus' knowledge. And this is important because my testimony is the more you know about Jesus, the more you will love Jesus and worship Jesus and praise him. Because all you're going to find when you know about Jesus is that Jesus is our God of mercy, our God of compassion and encouragement and forgiveness and love, and most of all, our God of salvation. 
So the knowledge is this. Have you ever wondered why in the Gospels of Mark and Matthew, when Jesus is dying on the cross, Jesus cries out, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It sounds like Jesus felt abandoned by God the Father. It sounds like desperation, like Jesus has given up hope. Is that even remotely possible? Would the father abandon his son when he's doing the exact thing that he was sent to do, namely dying for our sins and opening the gates of heaven to us? Is that even possible? And the answer is no way, Jose, not possible. So if God the Father did not abandon his son on the cross, then what is the meaning of my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The meaning is found in Psalm 22. But before reading Psalm 22, let's establish one critical truth about Jesus Christ that the Bible reveals. And that truth is that Jesus Christ was our God of prayer. I apologize for that sound in the back. I live in Florida, and there are boats around here, and so I apologize beforehand. So this is the Gospel of Mark, and we're going to show from the Gospel that Jesus Christ was our God of prayer. This is Mark chapter 1, verse 32. It was evening after sunset. They brought to him all who were ill or possessed by demons. The whole town was gathered at the door. He cured many who were sick with various diseases. He drove out many demons, not permitting them to speak because they knew him. Rising very early before dawn. I'm going to repeat that. So Jesus had been up all night loving on his people, curing his people. And what does he do? Rising up very early, before dawn, he left and went off to a deserted place where he prayed. That's the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Again, another one from Mark, another example. Remember when Jesus Christ walked on water? That amazing miracle that blew the minds of his disciples. This is what happened before that. This is Mark chapter 6, verse 45 and 46. Then he made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead before him to the other side towards Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And when he had taken leave of them, he went off to the mountain to pray the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ is in prayer again. Now, on the night of his passion, we call that the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus knew that his time, his hour, as the gospel of John calls it, his hour is near. He gathered his disciples together in the garden And Mark, chapter 14, 
verse 32 says this. Then they came to a place named Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. That's the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So we've established that our God is a God of prayer, and that's why we're constantly in prayer, because we follow Jesus. So if Jesus was constantly in prayer, would it surprise you that on the cross he was also in prayer? That wouldn't surprise me at all. No, he's not going to change in the darkest moment, the heaviest moment. He's going to continue who he was. This is Psalm, chapter, Psalm, verse 1, Psalm 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Yeah, that's how Psalm 22 begins. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Jesus is in prayer. And if you continue reading the psalm to the end, it's completely different. It starts with abandonment and then ends in exaltation. Verse 28. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of nations will bow low before him. The last verse. The generation to come will be told of the Lord that they may proclaim to a people yet unborn the deliverance you have brought. Oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. This is the beauty of of having Jesus Christ as our King, our Lord, our Savior. He was always in prayer. He was always thinking about us. Let's continue now with our Bible study of the Gospel of John. This is John chapter 1, verse 14. And the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, we saw his glory, the glory as of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Notice the words, and the word became flesh. That is called the incarnation. Yes, as we read in the Revelation from the angel Gabriel to the Blessed Virgin Mary. We're going to read this again because this is the, the time that the angel reveals to Mary and now the world that she's going to bear a son, that the word is becoming flesh within her womb. This is Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, 
Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit, listen, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, overshadow you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. That's the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We'll be taking a short break and we will be right back. Brothers and sisters, want to get in contact with us here at Esne Radio The Sower? Give us a call at our new phone number, 818-745-1771. Share your prayer petitions and testimonies with us. Call us now. Esne Radio The Sower, more than a radio station, a connection with God. This is Father Jesse Esqueda, missionary oblate of Mary Immaculate, and I would encourage all young people to go to Mass. There is no uh, deeper intimacy with Christ than the Eucharist, and that's where we really get to see how lives can change. I'm at Tijuana right now. I've been there for nine years, and we've seen lives being transformed, young people that are really deepening their faith thanks to the Eucharist. So don't be afraid to go to the Eucharist. Go as often as you can. Never miss a Mass on Sunday, but even if you go on a weekday, it's really going to help out your life. It's going to help your faith, and it's going to really give you the courage that you need to confront life, especially the dark moments. So once again, this is Father Jesse Esqueda. Thank you to, for listening to SNR Radio. Welcome back to IM73 on Sower Radio. This is Joseph Borba. We're in the Word of God. We just read the Incarnation and the word became flesh, the incarnation. And we read that the angel Gabriel revealed to the Virgin Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. So the divine word, Jesus, the divine word takes on our human nature without ceasing to be God. He became human. The theology used behind the ancient by this by the ancient Christian church, the Catholic Church, the church founded by Jesus Christ is called the hypostatic union, where the divine nature of Jesus and the human nature of Jesus are in union as one divine person. Why would the Catholic Church need to make this point to say that Jesus Christ is fully God and fully human? 
because of heresy. You see, in the early 4th century, there was a priest in Alexandria of Egypt who said that Jesus was created by God the Father in time. Well, if Jesus was created, then he could not be God because God has no creator. God always existed. There was never a moment when God did not exist. As I've mentioned before many times, human beings are prone to believing nonsense and lies. And this heresy called Arianism was very popular. And it was actually splitting the church in ways that was pleasing only to the fool. So the church had to define the truth. The church literally had to write down exactly what she believed, and anyone who refused to believe that would be banished as a heretic. So in the year 451, at the Council of Chalcedon, the church gathered for what is called the Fourth Ecumenical Council. And Chalcedon ratified and approved the creed written in Nicaea in 325, and also at the same time ratified the Creed of Constantinople of 381. Chalcedon also affirmed something important about the two natures of Jesus Christ. She said, the divine nature and the human nature of Jesus were in union that is not divided, It's not confused. It's not separated or changed. That is very specific because, again, many people were challenging the divinity and humanity of Jesus Christ. So these truths that we wrote down centuries ago, we still profess that today. Listen now to what we profess in our worship. Every time we worship, listen for the dogma, the truth that Jesus Christ was divine and truly human. We say this, I believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible, I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages. Here it is. God from God, light from light, true God from true God. Again, I'm going to repeat that because it's powerful. God from God, light from light, true God from true God. Begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven and by the power of the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary. That's what we profess. We profess it to shame all heresies to rebuke all heresies. Jesus, our God, is one divine person. Let's continue with the 
in the Gospel of John with verse 14. It says, And the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. This part, made his dwelling among us, is very interesting. Because what it is saying, the literal translation is that Jesus pitched his tent with us. He tabernacled with us. Again, John the Evangelist is making the point that God, in the person of Jesus Christ, is present with his people. He's making the point by using tabernacle language, which all the Jewish people would have been familiar with. So let's find this tabernacle language. It's in the, gospel, it's in, uh, the book of Exodus. It's actually the last verses of Exodus says this, chapter 40, beginning with verse 34. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled down upon it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Whenever the cloud rose from the tabernacle, the Israelites would set out on the journey. But if the cloud did not lift, they would not go forward. Only when it lifted did they go forward. The cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day and fire in the cloud at night in the sight of the whole house of Israel in all stages of their journey. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this word tabernacle, we would be very familiar with as Catholics. Yes, because we believe that Jesus Christ meant what he said in the synoptics. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all reveal that at his last supper, before his passion, death, and resurrection, Jesus said to his disciples, this is my body. And this is my blood. Do this in memory of me. For 2,000 years as Catholics, we have believed the words of Jesus Christ are literal and not symbolic. No, for us as Catholics, the resurrected Jesus Christ is truly present in the communion, in the Eucharist, the thanksgiving. Jesus is present body, blood, soul, and divinity, the real presence of Jesus Christ is what we receive every time we worship Jesus at Mass. Monday through Sunday, every Mass throughout the world, Jesus Christ is received by his believers, his disciples. And when our worship has ended, just like the feeding of the 5,000, there are gatherings of the Eucharist, like there were 12 baskets of God's abundance gathered. We gather the Eucharist when, we're, when we've all received the body and blood, the consecrated hosts. And here's the key. We don't throw them away. No, that would be a sacrilege. That's an abomination. The true presence of Jesus Christ is then placed in a tabernacle. Yes, a tabernacle is where the consecrated hosts are played as the church placed, as the church teaches. 
This is in the Catechism. The receptacle in the church which the consecrated Eucharist is reserved for communion for the sick and the dying. Reservation of the Eucharist in the tabernacle lends itself to private devotional visits and adoration of our Lord in the blessed sacrament for the faithful. We continue in the word of God. And we saw his glory. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we saw his glory. Brothers and sisters, glory is God's domain only. What John the Evangelist is saying here is this. The point he's making. Just as the Father tabernacled with the Israelites, what we read in Exodus, God was truly present to and with them. Now Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh. Are you ready for it? Jesus is the new tabernacle. Jesus is God, and as God, Jesus is a new tabernacle. God is present with his people. Yes, God is present with his people. And because of this, because of this, we give him the glory. We give God the glory always, including when we are at church and we worship. We say this at every Mass. Glory to God in the highest and peace to people of goodwill. We praise you. We bless you. We adore you. We glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory, Lord God. Heavenly King, God Almighty, Father, yes, Jesus is our God of glory. His glory is revealed in many, many ways. John, again using his Jewish faith, he's Christian now, but he never stopped believing in the scriptures, and that's why we have the Old Testament, because the early church used the scriptures, the Old Testament, to prove God's plan for the Messiah, for Jesus Christ. So using the same understanding that the Jewish believe that God's glory is revealed in visible acts of power. So in the John, the Gospel of John, chapter 2, verse 11, it says this. Remember when he changed the water into wine? Verse 11 says, Jesus did this as the beginning of his signs in Cana of Galilee and so revealed his glory. The signs, a miracle revealed his glory, and the disciples began to believe in him. The transfiguration, when Jesus was transfigured on the mountain, was a sign, a visible sign of his glory. Jesus is the king of glory. Glory is of God and only of God, but there is good news. Are you ready for the good news? Our God is generous. Jesus shares his glory with his disciples. I'm going to close with this, with this amazing, beautiful revelation from John chapter 17, verse 22. For you disciples, I have given them the glory you gave me, the disciples. 
I have given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. Verse 24, Father, they, they is us. They are your gift to me. I wish that where I am, they may also be with me, that they may see my glory that you gave me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Disciples, you are God the Father's gift to the Son. God shares glory with his disciples. And how do we reveal, reveal that glory? How is that revealed? It's revealed like this. Your patience glorifies God. Your humility glorifies God. Your generosity glorifies God. Yes, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we are God the Father's gift to Jesus. Think daily how you glorify God in your love, in your patience, your kindness, your mercy, your modesty, your chastity. Amen to the blood of the Father's Lamb, Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoyed this message produced by El Sembrador Ministries. Remember, you can watch ESNA programming 24 hours a day through the ESNA radio app on the radio 540 AM in Carmel Valley or at www.jesusthesower.com. Look for us on social media and on our YouTube channel as Noel Diaz Esne. Do not miss out on the wide variety of messages and religious material for the growth of your spiritual life. The number of our offices is 773-777-7773 and you can visit us online at www.elsembrador.org. The Sower New Evangelization. Thank you for being part of this great family.